I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily Podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. This is the Black Information Network Daily Podcast, and I'm your host, Ramses Ja. And sometimes the amount of stories that make their way to us means that we simply can't cover everything that comes our way. But from time to time, a story just stays with me, and I feel compelled to share it with you and give you my thoughts. And now, one more thing. People in Arizona may have to think twice before pulling out a cell phone to record the police. A new state law now makes it illegal to record an officer within eight feet. NBC News reporter Alicia Fieldstad is looking into this for us. So, Alicia, what's the reasoning behind this law and, and what are the possible penalties for violating it? Hi, Aaron. Thank you for having me. Representative John Kavanaugh, the Republican who sponsored the bill, said he introduced the law after officers in Tucson expressed concerns about people getting too close to them as they may be trying to make an arrest. Okay, so let me stop this right here. Now, some may know, some may not know, but I live in Arizona. And so a lot of local news makes its way to me as well as national news. I remember this legislation starting to take shape after an incident in Tucson, Arizona, which is, I believe, the second largest city in the state, uh, where a person was accused of shoplifting um, and the person was in a wheelchair and the person was headed back toward the entrance of the store that they had just left. And because the person would not respond to police 
orders to stop, you know, proceeding toward the door. And the, the person allegedly had a knife on their wheelchair somewhere that the officers then shot that individual. And it was caught on film, of course. And then after that incident, um, this legislation started to take shape. So it's important to know that. Um, I'm not sure if the two are connected, but I remember the timing was uh, very close. So uh, let's continue. He said people who might want to videotape from one or two feet away are presenting a danger to the officers and to themselves. He also said people who video could distract an officer, leading to a suspect escaping or possibly assaulting the officer. Violating the law is a misdemeanor, which can come with fines or even up to 30 days in jail. Okay. Now, I realize that there are lots of people who will always suggest that we must defend the police. And they will always discuss how important police are um, for a complex society to make sure that, you know, uh, laws are followed and that, you know, the bad guys are apprehended, so forth and so on. Police are necessary. I'll see that entirely. Um, and there are also people who will go even beyond that, um, almost like sort of fanatics of the police. Oftentimes you see these people with, you know, the, uh, the, the flag with the blue stripe, the thin blue line flag. Um, people that, you know, no matter what, they are dead set on protecting police and, you know, giving police the most flattering consideration possible. Um, and, and I'll be honest, I'm not one of those people. I'm a, I'm, I'm a pretty critical person uh, in general. And I believe that that's important. I think we should all be critical of the institutions that frame our lives. I think that you should be critical of me. You know, I have this platform, I have this uh, place where I can share my opinions and thoughts, and that doesn't mean I'm the best that I'm ever going to be. Um, with that same logic, I, you know, look at police like they're the same, um, they have the same potential to grow. So being critical of them points out or otherwise illuminates places where they have fallen short or places that they can improve still. I want you to know that about me because when I talk about this, you know, I have a few points I want to make, but I, I want to make sure that you understand that I don't hate police. I don't take an issue with police. I recognize that police have their place in society for better or worse. Um, but when I speak about police, it's only so that that institution can be as good as it's going to be. There are those people that say that policing in its current form should be abolished entirely and rebuilt from the ground up. People that support the idea of po community policing, those sorts of things. I think that all those ideas sound good. Um, and I think that perhaps there's some mixture of all of these great ideas that might be the best course of action. But I also recognize that I'm a dreamer, as are most people who are visionaries like that. So we'll deal with the real. So um, let's start with why the police uh, would want to have a law like this. Um, so as we mentioned, 
you know, people getting close to an officer performing their job could conceivably interfere with the officer executing their duties. Um, you get too close to an officer, it can be a distraction. The officer now has to worry about two bodies as opposed to one, even though you're just filming. Um, you know, it breaks your consciousness and your focus, and then a person can, you know, the person you're trying to handcuff or, you know, wrestle with or whatever it is that you're doing in that moment may be able to escape before you're able to fully apprehend the individual. Um, that's something that could happen. Absolutely. I'll see that entirely. Um, the other thing is that, you know, when you're filming um, officers, uh, especially when you're filming them that close, uh, you know, most people tend to have a, uh, they, they can't do everything that they're supposed to do um, in high pressure situations. And some folks that realize that they can't do everything tend to panic. Okay, I have to get this person restrained or whatever the case is. Um, if someone's filming me and I make a mistake, that's the end of my career, maybe the end of my freedom, you know, those sorts of things. And so that distraction can also play to those fears as well. Um, and because those aren't, you know, unusual arguments, you know, they, they make sense on, on the surface, at least, um, police the institution and the individual officers can kind of stand behind that reasoning and suggest that this law and perhaps laws like this as other, you know, municipalities adopt these ideas um, are necessary, right? But what I think that the, the police will fail to consider is the benefit to the community. So I want to talk about that. Um, now I, I'm, I'm, I'm acknowledging that, you know, the, the law in Arizona is that you can't film any closer than eight feet, but originally that was 15 feet to give the officers plenty of room to, uh, uh, do their jobs. But what we've seen in practice, what I've seen these are the things that I talk about on this show and on my radio show, Civic Cipher. Um, what we've seen oftentimes is that police will stand, you know, because usually it's many officers and not just one officer. These, these guys come out in mass to, you know, engage with whatever they perceive to be criminal activity. Um, one officer or two officers will be interacting with a suspect, quote unquote, and the other officers will, you know, form a wall with their bodies so that you can't get a good angle on what the, the, the arresting officers are doing. Um, with the 15-foot rule, you know, I've seen videos where police officers will drive their vehicles in the line of sight for folks standing on a sidewalk, you know, filming the officers interacting with their um, suspect and they park the vehicle strategically right there. They pull it up right there in the line of sight where the folks who are filming are to block that view. Now, I don't need to share with you how often we see police um, misrepresenting the truth. 
I don't have to share with you how often we hear about police cover-ups or, you know, the, the, the blue wall of silence or whatever. Policing is an institution just like any other white supremacist institution. I'll say it. It, it has its roots in white supremacy. We know this. The word patrol comes from slave patrols. That's factual. Um, and just like any white supremacist institution, it wants to preserve itself and it has the means to do so, which is why we're still fighting these fights now. You know, um, bear in mind that Trayvon Martin, uh, the, the death of Trayvon Martin is where the Black Lives Matter hashtag was born. And it was the police killing of black people up to that point that caused Trayvon Martin to be the straw. But there was a, a slew of police killings before then. And we, we've seen this before. We've seen, um, you know, the Panthers were born out of, you know, police negligence and, and police abuse. Um, and... You know, we've seen the Rodney King stories and so forth. This is not a new story for black people in this country. The police very much often, often very much overreach um, and they cause great harm to black and brown bodies and black and brown families and black and brown communities. Um, in fact, the whole criminal justice system um, does. And th there's statistics there. We are not treated fairly um, in the in the ways that other less melanated individuals are. Um, and so what we're seeing with this law is sort of, let's call it the George Floyd effect. This institution's response to this one officer, Derek Chauvin, being recorded as he took the life of George Floyd, right? We've seen, obviously, police misconduct before and since then, but the huge cultural move, moment that that was uh, sort of results in these sorts of pieces of legislation. And this just happens to be the first one to, you know, make national headlines, and it happens to be in my backyard. So I've watched it very closely. And what I think that we need to do is bear in mind that there has to be some middle ground, right? It doesn't have to be directly in the middle. My preference would be, you know, maybe a little less, you know, less than eight feet, um, maybe three feet, something like that, <laughs> um, where the officers can say, hey, look, we need a little space, you know, whatever to do what we have to do. Um, and they can't get in there and then walk towards you and then somehow you are then in violation of this misdemeanor and you can be arrested and detained or whatever the case is, because we know that we'll see that happen. Um, but we also need the other side where, you know, we the people, we the people that live in these communities are able to keep the police honest, keep everyone honest on their jobs, because these are the people that show up with the weapons you know, oftentimes the individuals they're interacting with, the majority of, you know, police interactions, they're interacting with individuals who do not have any sort of weapon. The police 100% of the times have a tool on their belt that is the only purpose of that tool is to end a life. 
So just by the virtue of the fact that they're showing up to the majority of these instances, they make it a life and death situation. So I believe it's fair to want to keep everyone honest in moments like that. You know, for those who are familiar with the Stanford experiments, regardless of, you know, what you take from them, I know that there's been a lot of contested issues with the Stanford experiments. Um, it does give, a, you know, a basic glimpse into human psychology. For those that don't know, the Stanford experiments were conducted at uh, Stanford College and uh, or university. And uh, it took the same pool of students and put them in a prison type environment told half of them they were going to be the guards and told half of them they were going to be the, the inmates. And even though they were the same students outside of their quote-unquote uniforms, in that dynamic where there was a hierarchy, you saw a gross abuse of power by those who were um, made into the guards. And you saw the subservience of those who were made into the inmates. And it was so... Um, harmful <laughs> that they had to stop the experiment and they didn't even get to finish it but fortunately they documented everything and were able to kind of get a glimpse into how the same people from the same more or less community can start to feel sort of like a god complex and again you know keeping everybody honest uh is sort of the name of the game here so um it'll be interesting to see how this uh affects laws in other parts of the country um there very well may be some pushback on this because, you know, the freedom of the press is protected by the Constitution. So there are journalists that will perhaps fight back against this. Um, you know, there's free speech, all this sort of stuff. There's, there's institutions that will push back against this. And my hope, of course, is that, you know, they prevail, you know, and we continue to Again, keep everyone honest, but this is something you should know about. This is something that stayed with me, and I wanted to share it with you today as one more thing. This has been a production of the Black Information Network. Today's show is produced by Chris Thompson. Have some thoughts you'd like to share? Use the red microphone talkback feature on the iHeartRadio app. While you're there, be sure to hit subscribe and download all of our episodes. I'm your host, Ramses Ja, on all social media. Join us tomorrow as we share our news with our voice from our perspective right here on the Black Information Network Daily Podcast.